This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 115 of the Stacey West podcast. Uh, As ever, I'm Ben and Gary's with me. Are you well, my good man? Yeah, I'm not too bad at all. Sorry, I was just playing with a picture for the thumbnail. I was... uh, (laughs) Yeah, trying to try to multitask, and I'm not particularly good at it. Yeah, I've been having quite a bit of fun in the snow actually uh, this week. My my dog loves the snow absolutely. Like it, it sounds ridiculous, right? But my dog doesn't get up in the morning, so like me and Fee get up and come downstairs and do some work, and Charlie will amble down around like ten o'clock as if like oh, morning bastards and stretch in front of you and that. Um, the second we get out of bed, he's at the back door when it's snowing, wanting to go out. I genuinely think he's a child. Um, <laughs> for, so yeah, had some good fun, but we went round. There's a walk round near us, uh, and it's it's along the top of the walls, and like everywhere's got like three, four inches tops around there, and you mm. get walking where the wind's drifted across, and it was twelve inches deep in places. And my dog's only about ten inches tall, so that was hilarious. <laughs> was it a case of him jumping into a massive massive bank and then just like tunneling around underneath it? In the end, it was a case of me having to carry the poor little bugger because he had absolutely, I mean, it was, it's a good like half mile of that as well, at least. Um, and then I was tired because I was carrying the dog who's, you know, he looks small, but he's a heavy little bastard. Uh, so I had to, in the end, get Fee to come and pick me up because <laughs> we'd, walk, we'd walk nearly two miles and I'd carried the dog for a quarter of it. And he was just like covered in, he got all these snow bubbles all in him and he couldn't walk properly either. Like, oh, anyway, sorry, oh, podcast listeners. Him amazing now i'm sure they'll they'll enjoy the tales of charlie um you know we'll probably well we could probably have another podcast all about that to be fair mm. um right well let's let's jump straight into it then because we've we've had uh a pretty successful you know pretty successful week obviously we uh we talked um talked about gillingham on on saturday and and looked forward to hull um i <sighs> I'd probably say it was a, a, about right on Tuesday night. I think maybe, I think there's possibly one team that looked like we would go on to score, and that would have been us. But I think overall, nil nil away at your, your closest uh, closest rivals. I think it was a, a decent performance and a, a decent game, all things considered. Um, 
obviously, you know, still uh, still up at the, the right end of the table. And um, Fleetwood did us a favour by, you know, by giving Doncaster a good uh, a good hiding as well. But obviously, you know, focusing on the the whole game. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, your thoughts on it? Because I, I I thought I'll say thought it was all right. It was a you know decent enough game. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I can agree when you say that we look like the team that we're going to go on and score. Um, it was an intriguing game without ever being too exciting. It mm. kind of swang from uh, one team to the other. So obviously, I think that the most exciting moment from their point of view was hitting the bar in the first half. Yeah. First five um, minutes, wasn't it? First minute, I think it was the first mm. thing I wrote down. I was still eating me, me chili and chips, um, and then you know, it was an engrossing game, but it was it looked a little slow. And yeah, you know, I thought we struggled to come out of the blocks in the first five ten minutes. Then we had a decent spell. Then after Brid went, Bridcott went off, and they they came back into it. And yeah, there wasn't there weren't very many clear cut chances. I know we had the one shot on goal, but um, Jack Mulhall listen uh, look away now. Um, or listen away. I was going to say there. Listen away now. Block your ears now. Um, XG was was ours was zero point three eight. So we had you know less than half a chance of scoring a goal. Theirs was zero point eight four. Um, probably King Lewis Potter's turn and shot in the box was was their best effort, which went over in the second half. Um, here on uh, in the pod known as just Lewis Potter. Uh, ideally so uh, yeah I mean it, you know it, it was an entertaining nil nil draw but it wasn't you're not going to come away from it and go oh it's one of the best nil nil draws I've ever seen because it wasn't mm. passing accuracy certainly I think our passing accuracy was was down a little bit um, from uh, from, norm, from from recent games uh, because it, the pitch just wasn't conducive I don't think to it at all yeah um, I mean I was, I was going to say that the pitch played a big part in that because obviously you know, we had the work. We had um, it was quite bad last week with the rain continually lashing onto it and it turning into essentially a swamp. But um, I think probably with about 15 minutes to go, there was a few people maybe legitimately querying whether the game was going to go ahead. But obviously, you know, it, uh, it, it cleared up quite quickly. And uh, yeah, I mean, the the goal mouth that uh, that that Palmer was in for the first half didn't look great, did it? I mean, it just it just looked like it hadn't recovered from last week and then yeah well grass don't grow in the winter it's not mm. going to recover and do you know what I, I, I thought actually fair play to, to the whole grounds people because given how mm. bad it was the week before um, yeah I actually don't think it was too bad I mean when we did match day live Charlie Russell took some videos and he got heat lamps over the goals and stuff so they did what they could uh, the snow came down quite heavy and you know, it, it was testament to the work that Hull have put in that the game did continue. I never had any fear of it being called off. You don't normally see games called off in the snow unless a blizzard sets in while you're playing, as as did Scunthorpe and Bradford, um, or unless it's support safety. Uh, usually, you, you're able at big grounds, at decent grounds, you're usually able to clear the pitch. Had to feel for Scunthorpe as well because their staff worked all day to clear the snow off the pitch to get their game going. And they got the game going and then the blizzard came down. But anyway, it's all right talking about conditions, but that's the English football season. You get those conditions. I want to talk about um, some of the positive performances, I think, because I know Mm -hmm. it was a nil-nil. I know it wasn't a fantastic uh, advert for attacking football. And I know looking at the Stacey West ratings, which people put in, one or two players didn't get the credit I think they deserved. And one of them was Morgan Rogers. 
Mm. Um, I thought Morgan Rogers had a really positive game uh, on a tough pitch. I thought he looked really tricky. I could argue he probably outshone Brennan Johnson. And if uh, if we'd had Morgan Rogers and Brennan Johnson from the start of the season and not just January, it's frightening to think where we might be now. Um, there's a there's a stat called smart passes, which I think is kind of you know, creative passes into space that, that that leads to chances. And Morgan Rogers made three, and no one single player on our team made any more than one, other than him. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and in terms of progressive, successful progressive passes, um, which are kind of positive attacking passes from the middle of the park that transition towards the final third. The most common link was George Grant passing to Morgan Rogers, um, mm. which again I thought was interesting. The other one was Ed and playing to Hopper. So, I mean, you say that I, I thought he had a good game. He did look tired towards the end, but I suppose that's what you get when you're running, you know, constantly on a pitch that's that heavy. Um, I, I was impressed with, you know, I was impressed with Rogers. I thought he had a, you know, a decent game, and I just think maybe it was that tail end where he. He seemed a bit tired, or you know, not quite on it. That, that might have coloured people's opinions a little bit. Um, but there was definitely a couple of moments where you know he looked like he was going to break clear, and he, he seems like, like I said, the the other side, Brennan Johnson, that I think we needed just as that creative player, that that exciting player to to get stuck in. So, um, yeah. and let's also talk about a player who it didn't appear did an awful lot when he came on. But in actual fact, there's a really interesting stat around him, and that's Regan Paul. Um, now, TJ Ioma is a, a good, solid fullback for us, and he's a player who you know, could quite easily play right back for the rest of this campaign, and nobody would bat an eyelid because he's that, that good a quality. Regan Paul came on for, what, 25, 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. Is that about right? Um, yeah. In terms of our passes into the final third... His relationship with Adam Jackson brought the most passes into the final third. So Adam Jackson found Regan Paul with four passes um, that moved him into the final third. I think that's really interesting from an attacking fullback point of view. Um, Paul's kind of contribution late in the game mm. was was actually for us to to suddenly seem to have a, a more viable attacking option down the right. And I think to a degree that could be because Ioma um, had obviously been ill in the week and was touch and go anyway. But I just think that was a really interesting stat. And I'd love to say I prepared it, but I literally clicked on it while you were talking a minute ago. So. <laughs> I mean, it's something that, that you know, that, that, pick, um, that I picked up on when he was playing because he, he was definitely, you know, getting further up the pitch than I thought he was maybe going to. Um, and we did the same thing that we did this week, uh, last week with the away commentary. So we muted the, the telly and put the radio on. Um, and sort of paused the the game so we got the, the commentary in sync and they were saying on there that you know um michael um was saying that um regan paul and cohen brammel you know they, they said that he, he wanted to give them their chance and he wanted to you know sort of essentially get and you know say to them go on show me what you've got show me what you're made of um and I thought Regan Paul had a, a solid game, you know, for that for that last 25 minutes because, like you said, he was he was all over the place, he was, you know, in a good way. <laughs> he was sort of all over the pitch. Um, I think Bramall's the one that caught the eye more. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say, you know, obviously Bramall um, was. I, th- I think he was the more obvious one of you know getting the runs down the pitch and you know having the pace to do it because when he came on, again. You know, uh, Robert Michael basically said that they were talking to Michael Appleton and he said, you know, what should we look out for? And he said he is rapid. 
And I think we started to see it again, even though it was a heavy pitch, even though it was um, not the best conditions for you know that kind of football. I thought he, he looked really quick. He looked really impressive when he came on as well. Um, and there was one cross that uh, he put in. And I, I just think normally we've got somebody in the middle on the end of those. And the one time that we didn't, unfortunately, it, it kind of it just sailed over everybody and went out. But uh, do you know what? It's almost like you've teed me up for that um, <laughs> because I wanted to talk about crosses. So <laughs> it's almost like we're planning this. If only we just could, I didn't keep breaking the illusion um, because in actual fact, do you know how many crosses we put into the box the whole game? Not that many. <laughs> Four. Right. Bloody hell. Cohen Bramwell put one of those in. Mm-hmm. Substitute James Jones put one of those in, but neither of those connected. Only one player put a cross in that actually found another player. And mm. that was Regan Paul. And I, I just think, again, it's really interesting that, you know, we have four crosses in the game and two of them are from those two fullbacks. And look, I don't want this to look like I'm um, in any way speaking in negative light about TJ Ioma and Teo Eden. What I think is that we, to a degree, we were seeing a manifestation of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday on two players who, mm. you know, when we're defending, you are expecting them to be behind the ball. And when we're attacking, you're expecting them to overlap. I mean, there's... You know, they're like Duracell bunnies, aren't they? They have to get up and down the line. If you're in the middle of the park, let's say you're a Leo Bridcup, you do get a bit of respite because the game can be ahead of you and you're not always expected to bomb on. And, you know, if you're a centre-back, you're not always expected to push forward. But those those wide full-back areas, uh, I think, are going to be vital. And just I, I think that underlines how important the two sides could be. On the other hand, by the way, Hull City played 27 crosses into the area. Uh, nine of which hit a target. Bloody hell. That kind of shits on my opinion that uh, we were the more likely to score, doesn't it? Well, it does, yeah. Um, I mean, we took half as many shots. It was seven for us, 15 for them, although we did get the only one on target. Um, mm. Positional attacks, whatever that is, uh, we had 15 fewer of those. Uh, counter-attacks, we had one counter-attack but didn't get a shot off with it, which I think was Brennan Johnson um fed uh did he feed tom hopper and then hopper kind of just ran out of space i mean hull only had two counter attacks to be fair it wasn't really a game uh, a game for that although interestingly of the corners we did actually get two shots away from corners which astounds me uh, because i haven't seen that happen very much at all in recent games so look when you said we look more likely to score i don't i don't think we're talking about rubbish in your opinion i, I, I don't think it's right but it is also a it is an opinion and i think what, what i meant was i could have scored i i think i think going towards <laughs> the end i think we looked like the more likely to to capitalize you know it wasn't throughout the 90 minutes i think you know it, a draw was a fair result but i think had this game you know gone into extra time or, or anything like that you know if it was a cup game then i think we would have potentially been the more likely to score had the game gone on but you know it's because you look at those last 10 minutes or so, and I think some of the whole defending was really panicked. It was really, you know, they, they were snatching at, um, you know, they were snatching at clearances, snatching at tackles, and it uh, it just started to get a little bit messy for their for their defence. Um, but yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I, I mean, again, that's, that's interesting um, because I can break down the stats for the last 15 minutes on my scout. And again, it's about perception, isn't it? That mm. they won more of their aerial defensive duels in the last 15 minutes than we did. 
Um, they won more of their defensive duels in the last 15 minutes than they did, than we did. And in the last 15 minutes, according to this, we made 12 interceptions, whereas they only had to make one. Um, and yet both teams made three clearances. Uh, but to kind of support your theory, um, our only shot on target came in those last last few minutes, last 15 minutes. Um, but they had twice as many positional attacks and twice as many shots as well. So uh, mm. I don't know. I, I think sometimes if you're a Lincoln fan watching a game, certainly on iFollow, you, and I do this, tend to gloss over the chances for the other team because you're looking mm. at it from a defensive point of view. So you're yeah. thinking we defended that well. Then when you're attacking, you're kind of looking at it from an attacking point of view. So, but you know, yeah. you're entitled to your opinion, Ben. I'm not rubbish in your opinion. <laughs> but I mean, speaking of I follow, um, I think probably they're the most impressive start from the week was that uh, I think we outnumbered Hull in terms of number of households buying the game, um, which is something that. Uh, I think we can all be quite proud of, really. Um, it, was only, it was narrow, wasn't it? I think it was I, about 20 households. <laughs> I, had well, to do, I had to do the maths myself before I wrote the article. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hang on, 2,700 and something, and the total was 5,000. I think it was 5,559, and we had something like 2,740 or something like that. It was literally, I think, 20 or 30 households. I mean, even so, you know, it's it's good numbers. And obviously we had the... the the news last week about the, the numbers of I follow um, passes and you know the imps being fourth in the sorry sixth in the uh, in the the league in terms of number of passes bought, which is incredible when you think of some of the support bases that uh, you know this this league has got. Um, but the, yeah, I, I thought that was quite a nice little uh, quite a nice little stat that came out of it there. Yeah. Twenty three um, grand, I think the whole live said they they believe we got from that twenty three grand. So it's not bad. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think if you consider that it was 2,200 or 2,700, we're meant to get £8 a pop from it. But I just wonder, surely I thought the home club were meant to get a slice of that. Mm. Um, so I'm not entirely sure of their maths there, but well, I'll, well, I'll let it go. Uh, <laughs> just know that we've, um, you know, we we've we've got more than them, so that's all right. Yeah. Um, right, and also, so, it's nice that the uh, the commentators picked up that Conor McGrandall's got two against Gillingham. <laughs> Honestly, there's a warning there if you use who scored for your stats. <laughs> um, no, but to be fair, the BBC website also had it down. Like in yeah. the soccer based um, as well, and I use those. <laughs> It was in the um, in the write-up. It said that Tom Harper scored, but in the summary, it said that McGrandall scored. Very strange. Mm. Um, so anyway, obviously this weekend uh, we're at home to Accrington, um, who are I think it would probably be safe to say defying expectations yet again. Um, uh, you know, for for where they're going to finish. I mean, I think we we've, we've probably said it before, but. John Coleman's you know, he's doing a hell of a job, isn't he? He is, yeah. Um, I think they've. Uh, I'm not sure what their game in hand situation is at the moment. I, I know that they've. They were a few games behind everybody else. In actual fact, um, since they beat Charlton on the 8th of January, they, they've won two matches, um, lost four and drawn two. So they're not actually in uh, phenomenal form 
at the moment. Um, I mean, they're two points behind Charlton with three games in hand on them. So yeah, it says the, the games in hand. I think, but in terms of away form in the last six matches, I think they're twelfth in the division for away form. Um, they've had a couple of decent uh, away wins. Obviously, they beat Charlton again. That was in uh, January, and they beat Gillingham uh, just before Christmas. But their recent away games, they lost four nil to us. They lost three nil at Hull. Uh, they drew at Plymouth, which isn't a bad result, but they're, you know, they've just had three home games on the spin. Mm. Beat Bristol Rovers 6-1, drew 0-0 with Northampton, who have just sacked their manager and lost 1-0 at home to Plymouth. I wonder if the Accrington collapse is, is just coming. Um, and I, I don't want to curse it because, you know, that, that's what happens. Mm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll talk a little bit about Accrington. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, as I said, they're they're twelfth in the away form table, but then I think we're sixteenth. I think it is in the home form table over the mm-hmm. last six matches. Yeah, in yeah. actual fact, our home form. I mean, just before we go on to Accrington, I mean, it's yeah, thirteenth. We are. It's not not great home form, is it? Mm. No. Um, it's similar to the <clears throat> excuse me. It's similar to the season you know that we had in League Two when we won it. I think there's some people, you know, that, that said that our home form was was god awful then, but it was our away form that won us the league. Um it's it's a weird one. You know, obviously the, the you know the saying always is that you win your home games, you draw your away games, you go up. But we seem to be doing the opposite at the moment. What is it like two goals that we've conceded in the last eleven away games? Yeah, I think so. It's crazy. Like I d I don't know what it is. No. But anyway, so Accrington, I mean, their their record of Sinsel Bank's terrible. Um, happy to be corrected, but I think the last win here was 1947. And I know that you know, when you go back over history, that that doesn't actually matter. The, the Accrington team we played last season are different to the one we played this season. So it, yeah, it's not really a hoodoo or anything, but it is it is something that is worth considering. Um, they will probably play something like a three-five-two. Um, they they they've switched it around a little bit. They tend to have Dion Charles and Colby Bishop up top. Um, they've got Paul Smith playing for them, I think, at the moment. Who had, who was um, a, uh, a QPR, mm-hmm. um, and he's been on loan. I think he's been on loan somewhere else in our division. But he's a decent lad, actually. He's he's quite an exciting young player. I think he was on loan at Charlton and scored a couple of times for them. Uh, and they kind of recalled him and sent him back out to uh, QPR, sent him back out to Accrington. So, yeah, they do do well. Uh, Sean McConville, I think, has just been banned, hasn't he, for four games or something? Um, not entirely uh, that sure. That sounds right, yeah. It's something to, something that happened in the Northampton game. I think there was a big a mass brawl or something in the draw, the 0-0 draw there. So, yeah, he um, got some... Uh... He's a player that I've always always kind of rated in the past. Look, I think with Accrington, it's always quite tough to call because if you look at them pound for pound, player for player, we would argue that we we should win this game. Mm. Um, a discount the EFL Trophy game. You know, we had this when we we discussed Shrewsbury. We've had it when we did when we've played Hull City. The the Trophy game and the League games are very very different. Um, but we did beat Accrington in the league and the trophy when we played them virtually in back-to-back games uh, back in 2017-18. So, I, again, I, I just wonder a little bit about the run that they're on, you know, uh, the teams that they've beaten, 
Okay, they, they beat Hull and that was very impressive. But as we've seen, Hull are a little bit fragile at the moment at times. They're obviously losing to Burton. You know, they thumped Bristol Rovers, who, who are, are god-awful and will, will probably end up being going right into the relegation battle. Um, Accrington need a win against us, or they need something really against us to keep their, those playoff hopes alive. As you say, they've got games in hand of Charlton, but we've got a, games in hand and not points in the bag. So... Mm. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, interesting one. I just think us with home advantage, uh, so many players in good form. It, it's one that I expect to see a couple of changes for. If I'm honest, I think there'll be one or two, a uh, little bit of a, a shake up from Tuesday night. It's obviously going to be tough, um, but it's a game that I think if you look at our fixtures, it's a game that once we get it out of the way with the greatest of respect to the teams that we've then got to play, we go into quite a nice, tasty little run. Um, and I'm not talking Sunderland in the Cup. I'm talking away at Wigan, home to Swindon. OK, Plymouth away is tough, but home to Fleetwood, home to Crewe. You know, there's four games that, from 12 points, you, you might be disappointed if you're title chasers and you're not taking nine points from those four games as a minimum. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right on that one. And it's... When you say in terms of, um, you know, playing Accrington, they always seem to be a surprise package, you know, and I, I'm wondering at what point people start stop calling them the surprise package because it, it's just consistently, you know, impressive. I, I'm, you know, th- there was a question the other day that somebody asked me about um, the, you know, who do, who do you think the best three managers are in the division? And you think, well, you know, obviously from a biased point of view, but also you look at what he's done in my opinion, it's Michael Appleton, then probably Darren Moore second, and then, you know, John Coleman third, because what he keeps doing season after season with Accrington is really, really, well, it defies belief at some points, but... Um, yeah, it does. And it's also interesting how, I mean, Accrington are, are very much the opposite of those that were cheering the salary cap, aren't they? They're, they're held mm. up as the example as, why should we only be able to spend the same as Accrington because Accrington are, and I hate this phrase, Tim Pot, or however you choose to describe Accrington. Yeah. Um, but they're not, and, and they're very well managed, and they're, they're quite robust. I'll tell you what there is, there's an element of Keith's Lincoln about them. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the way that they play football, but in the way that there's a very, there's a massive us and them mentality. I do yeah. wonder if we'd gone up in that first season if we got past Bournemouth and gone up if we might have been a bit of an Accrington you know pulling Colby Bishop they 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 signed him from from a non-league side I'd be lying if I said who um you know he doesn't score he scored one every three games I think he's got seven in 21 um and I think he was even at Boston at one point Leamington and Worcester seemed to spring to mind as well he's the sort of player that Keith Alexander would sign stick mm. up top and, and find a degree of success with um Dion Charles I think he he's the danger man and I, yeah, I mentioned those two he did come on and do absolutely nothing against us uh, in the EFL trophy but he's at Southport he was at Halifax he was at Fylde do you know what I mean he, they're the sort of players that John Coleman's able to get um mm. so you've got to admire them you've got to, you know I think we said this when we played them the first time around that you, you've got to take your hat off to what they do for mm. what they do and that, yeah, when we're not playing them I want them to win because I love the fact that I do. I love the fact yeah. that they upset Sunderland fans and Ipswich fans. I love the fact that they're they're sat in their not in their posh stadiums now, but you know, saying that oh, we don't have we shouldn't have to go and play this lot. And who was it who complained about the changing rooms there recently? Oh Christ! Um, 
not Oxford, Doncaster. I don't know. Somebody complained about Accrington's changing rooms. I think, yeah. yeah, football isn't all you know polish and gloss. It's it is Accrington. It is kind of it's not all about club stature. It's about grit. It's about fight. It's about the underdog. Mm. I respect that. I mean, I hope we kick their asses on Saturday. But after that, <laughs> yeah, 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 I respect that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm with you on that. Um, so that's Accrington. Um, but then, sh- obviously, Tuesday night uh, we've got the uh, the EFL Trophy game. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I will tell you in just a second. I thought it was Wednesday. The seventeenth. Oh. It was Hull, by the way, that complained about Accrington's changing rooms. So <laughs> Accrington's changing rooms, Hull's pitch, and you've got a Sunday league game. <laughs> it is Wednesday, you're right. Um, yeah, so Sunderland um, away, obviously it's another game that's going to be on the telly. Um, and <sighs> I don't like predict, or I don't really like previewing trophy games because A, we don't know what team we're going to put out. B, we don't know what team they're going to put out. So it's really difficult to do a, you know, as informed as I can be without any research before Gaz gets in. Um, And as informed as Gaz can be with all of the research, uh, it's difficult to preview, isn't it? It is, yeah. I like the way you said there that you don't like previewing um, EFL trophy games. It's my understanding you don't like previewing games. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate. I couldn't help it. Well, you could. <laughs> yeah, I could help it. Yeah, you're right. I absolutely could. I just, I just chose not to help it at all. Uh, so there we go. Um, yeah, look, actually, um, th- there are a few interesting things that you can pick up on uh, with Sunderland. For instance, if you take the home league form, you know, I said that we, we're in 13th. And I appreciate it's not a league game. Sunderland are 17th in the home league form. They've only won one of their last six uh, home games in the league, and that was uh, 1-0 against Shrewsbury. Um, in the trophy, they won, okay, they beat Port Vale, um, but in actual fact, they've not had a bad run. You know how we had to play Hull City, top of the league? I mean, they've had NK Dons, and it was a weakened NK Dons against a strong Sunderland side. Uh, they've had uh, Port Vale, league below. They've had Oldham, league below, who they scraped past. Um, they lost to Fleetwood in what I would imagine would be the group stages. Now, what I would say is that they have only lost one in their last um, six games, which was the defeat uh, away at Shrewsbury this weekend. So uh, it's hard to call. It is. But when you look at their team from uh, their last round win, which was 3-0 at MK Dons, and bear in mind it was a reserve MK Dons side, you know, they played uh, the boy, I think, James, is it James Jones, Jack Jones, John Jones, somebody Jones, um, who they've got on loan from Rangers. Um, they're Josh Scowen, who's obviously played for QPR, Luke O'Nine, who's been a, a first team player for them. Max Power has been the same. Tom Flanagan. So actually, they put a relatively strong side out. And then on the hour mark, they brought on Grant Ledbitter, Aidan McGeady. Um, so, you know, Charlie White top players it's going to be really interesting to see if they choose to go down that route or if they play the likes of McFadzie and Aidan O'Brien Jack Diamond and played for them as well so it'll be it'll be interesting I think you'll see probably a mix of young uh, and experienced I actually think this is 
in terms of progression, I actually think it's one of the best draws we could have got. Because I think if you play Tranmere at this point, my feeling is that Tranmere are probably uh, going to um, put a strong side out against you. So I think that Tranmere are going to be a side who uh, feel that the EFL trophy is a good opportunity to progress to Wembley. It's an opportunity to show what they can do against a League One club. I don't think that you're going to get a reserve team going out against Tranmere. I think against Oxford, you've got a team who are massively informed, home and away, the informed side in the division. So I think, again, that's a big challenge. With Sunderland, you've got a team who are, they're not in bad form. You know, okay, I've just said they've lost one in six, but they've, they've only won one in their last four. Um, and that was the MK Dons game in the trophy. So you've got a team that's in and out of form. You've got a team whose home form uh, is, is very, very poor. And we are obviously... Um, the, the home league table tells you that Sunderland have, uh, I think, won four, drawn five and lost four at home. They've conceded more goals at home than they've scored as well. So in actual fact, going to Sunderland is probably better than them coming to us because they've only lost one on their travels, as we have. Uh, and up until uh, the last two games, they've conceded fewer than us. They've now conceded eight away. They're right on the cusp of the playoffs. Um, they're desperate to get in the playoffs. They feel they should be in the automatic promotion spot. So Lee Johnson is probably going to feel that the game that they, they have this weekend um, against Doncaster is going to be more important than the AFL trophy. Um, because obviously, you know, if Doncaster were to beat them or were to, they were to not beat Doncaster, it puts a real gap between them. They then go to Burton a week on Saturday. So after Wednesday, they've got Thursday, Friday, they go to Burton. Burton's proven to be a, a banana skin for Hull. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's got them really robust. Sunderland need points from that as well. I think that it's going to be a weakened Sunderland side. And I think a weakened Sunderland side is weaker than a weakened Lincoln City side at the moment. Because you talk about our weakened side and you're going to go, well, we'll probably play Lewis Monsmer. We'll probably play James Jones. We'll probably play <laughs> yeah. Harry Anderson. Probably Anthony Scully. You're talking first team players. I, 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 I actually think in terms of chances of going to Wembley, away at Sunderland could be construed as the best draw that we could have got. And I know that people will call me a knob for that, and I don't care. <laughs> I think you've just convinced me. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's absolutely fair enough. I think we've had, uh, yeah. When you say that, like you said, Sunderland have got that um, that, that home form issue, and we've got the away form that we have. I think, uh, yeah, nothing's ever a given, but it'll certainly be an interesting one to watch for sure. And also, uh, did I see that the final, I can't remember what date they said that the final will be. It might be the 13th of March, actually, um, not the 20th, because if it was a weekend of the 20th, ironically, that's when we're meant to be going away at, to Sunderland next. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely in the teens for the, um, for the final. Yeah, it'd be around the 13th then, because otherwise... Um, it wouldn't be in the teens, it'd be in the six. So, mm. um, yeah, I think it is because I seem to think I've got the fixtures in front of me. I seem to think we've got Rochdale. We have, yeah. Time and Rochdale's, yeah, Rochdale's the 13th. And then um, Gillingham, is it at home on the 16th, rearranged? If we got to the final, we'd play Sunday, and the Gillingham game would likely be pushed back to Wednesday. I still say Lincoln Oxford in the final, but. Um, yeah. I think if you go all the way back to, 
think I was beating Mansfield. I'm sure it was then I, I, I shouted final and Wembley again. And, you know, mm. I, I stand by that. So, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a Lincoln-Oxford final. It's, um, it's tailor-made for, you know, uh, sports journalists at that point, isn't it? Who's going to have the uh, the curse broken first? Yeah, I think you said that last week as well. I'm just looking at our run of games in March. You know, end of March, beginning of April. There's a critical time because I've, I've said about the Fleetwood and Crew. After that, we're away at Ipswich. Then Rochdale and Gillingham will come to us. That's a nice run, but this is the crucial run. Saturday 20th away at Sunderland. Saturday 27th away at Oxford. Good Friday, home MK Dons are in good form. Tuesday after Good Friday is Charlton away. And then Saturday the 10th, Blackpool at home. There's five games that if we were to win three of those, if we were to take nine points or even eight points from those five games, I think we'll be in a good position because Blackpool, Charlton, MK Dons and Oxford might not be teams that people are looking at in the top six, but they're teams at the moment that are in good form or have the potential to be in good form, particularly Oxford and MK Dons. That that run, Sunderland, Oxford and MK Dons, is a, is a tough, tough run. Mm. Yeah, 100%. That's going to be uh, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> um, so, um, that's it in terms of games for the week. Um, we've obviously had a, a couple of bits of news this week as well. The first one, we're not really going to talk about too much because um, it, it was you know, old news that's been confirmed this week, but the club has had uh, back in June an £800,000 investment, which um, I think it was confirmed that's the largest investment that the club has ever had in a single instance, which, you know, again, shows the commitment, shows the um, uh, shows the, the, the drive of the board to make sure that the, the club stays afloat during these times. Um and the other bit of news kind of affects supporters a little bit more, which is the news about the season ticket um, credit options. Now, obviously, we I think we all knew um, that we had the um, you know the option to to do iFollow or uh, iFollow and credit or just credit, uh, wasn't it for the um, for the season tickets for this uh, for this year? Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the options have come out that have basically said you can either, you know, I think there's essentially three, well, there's, there's two major options. The first one is, yes, you can put your um, credit towards next year's season ticket if you like. But if you don't want to, there's a bunch of um, uh, options that you can do to, to either buy unique merchandise or unique experiences or get put into a raffle. Um, and I think... Um, you know, this isn't being sycophantic. This isn't blowing smoke where it needs to go for the club. But genuinely, I think this is the best way that they could have handled the situation and kept everybody relatively happy, haven't they? Yeah, obviously, when I say the best way, but in an ideal world, we don't need to put any of the packages together and we just offer the discount off the season ticket because mm. you know, if we were in a position to do that, it would mean that financially the club was was 
laughing all the way to the bank. They're not. I've heard a figure bandied about, and, and whether it's correct or not, I don't know. Um, but the the ongoing commitment um, in terms of the season tickets is worth just under half a million pounds. So essentially what the club has got is half a million pounds of income that they are not going to have next season as a result of, of having to um, offer credits on the season tickets. And when I say having to, it's not a gun-to-the-head situation. You know what I mean? It, it's... Mm. Um, it, it, it's a byproduct, unfortunately, of the situation. And obviously, the the first thing that people can do is they can have a credit on their season ticket. Absolutely, you know, be no judgment from anybody whatsoever um, in times of austerity and and as the sort of restrictions on living and working that we have at the moment. It's hard for people. And if people want to have a credit on their season ticket next season, they can. And these are people, remember, that have already chosen not to have um, a a, a, re, a full a refund. refund. So these are people that have already kind of made that commitment. And some people, I saw a comment not long ago that it's it's like trying to wring out a dish rag for the little bit more water. It's not. That isn't the case. This is just the club going, this is a a, a commitment that we have and we would like to reduce it. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously there's the two options. You've quite rightly mentioned. There's the, the biggest raffle in Lincoln City's history with a £12,000 executive box um, up for grabs. Uh, fantastic prize hospitality box for the entire season next season now they say it's worth £12,000 we get into the um, if we get into the championship it's worth more than that I'm telling you now oh, uh, especially <laughs> if, if, a, if a Newcastle United come down or something like that That's, that that box is worth more than £1,000 on a match day pure and simple mm-hmm. um, I actually quite liked the ultimate fan pack for you and a friend which was going to include season tickets home shirts free drinks at each home game away tickets away bus travel tickets for each supporter I mean that's that's the prize I'd, I'd love to win that there you get yeah. my season ticket free a home shirt free um Obviously, there's five-year season ticket, I think. There's uh, experiences at the Elite Performance Centre. It, it, the raffle looks very, very good. 25 quid a ticket. The average supporter, I think, by the end of the season will have potentially enough money for five goes in it if they choose to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be, if, you don't, if you're not successful, uh, you get the, um, the shares. Mm. Uh, and I think that's, that's a really smart move. Um, you know, I think some people with a more cynical eye would say, oh, well, they're just trying to get you to get shares. I mean, no, <laughs> you know, that there's there's some there's a really good option there um, to to be in with a chance of getting some incredible, you know, opportunities and incredible prizes. And like the way the club, they could have just eat very easily just turned around and said, right, it's 25 quid a ticket. If you don't win, that's it. But. They've turned around and said, you know, if you don't if you don't win, then your twenty five pound is invested in the club. You're, you know, well, in a sense, you know, you will receive shares in the club. Um, and that that's what I mean when I say this is the best way that they could have dealt with it because, mm. um, I mean, you know, there will be people out there that that will be needing to put the money towards next year's season ticket or you know wanting to and you know save a little bit of money on next year because obviously a we don't know where we're going to be next season in terms of a league but we also don't know we're going to be in terms of um being able to get back into grounds and whether it's going to be full grounds or not i mean god knows you know hopefully the vaccine rollout goes well enough still and we'll be in a position at the start of next season to get back into the ground but um i think this is this has obviously been done with a great deal of thought and i think um you know anybody that's that's piping up and, and criticising it? I think 
probably just need to take a step back and say, well, what else could they have done? I haven't this... actually seen as much criticism since it's been announced than no, since but... it was hinted at, to be fair. To be honest, I've only seen one or two. You know, normally I'd, there'd probably be a few more, but like I have only seen one or two grumblings. And I think it's a credit to what they've decided to do that that's the case. Um, you know, there will always be there will always be people that will that will find something about it. But I I think that the the opportunities that they've you know put up there as an option um, are are great. <laughs> you know, just think it's it's well worth. You know, a go. And I mean, if you don't want to, if you don't want to get into the raffle, then you've got other credit options that you can have. They've said, um, which was, uh, what was it? You can attend an open training session, get a video message from a player, attend a presentation um, into recruitment. Uh, sorry, insight into recruitment with Jez George. A um, couple of things for kids, and you know, training sessions at the EPC. Yeah, that's school. bollocks. That I want to go to a training session. <laughs> I want to type on a two-hour training session. I, I did wonder how many people would probably go, where's the adult training session? <laughs> so yeah. They're probably not going to go for go for an adult training session because there would probably be somebody that thinks they're Billy Big Bollocks and try and put a tackle in on George Grant and break both his legs. Um, I but, wouldn't catch George Grant. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. Oh, I wouldn't have caught Matt Reed. <laughs> um, but you can also have like a tour of the EPC and... Uh, the two standout ones for me were the uh, the signed shirts from 2020 and you know from this season and next season, which is uh you know like you said if you end, if we end up in the championship they would be worth a lot more than 100 pounds. Um, what are you which ones are you going for? Um, so we've already you know between the two of us because obviously we've got uh, yes. we've got two season tickets in the house. Um, I went with the I follow plus credits. So I think at the moment I've got about 95 quid. Um, went for four entries in the raffle so top that up with a you know the fiver um and rach has um a lot more credit than that because uh she's you know she took the, the credit instead of i follow because we didn't need two codes oh, um so uh we've gone with uh the two signed home shirt uh, sorry the two yeah the two signed shirts and a couple more raffle entries okay you see, I'm done kind of shopping a little bit. I'm, I'm actually hoping that um, I can get a, a home shirt from this season signed. I bought a home shirt, so I'm actually hoping to have my home shirt signed anyway. So if you're listening, uh, Liam or somebody, please, uh, can I have it signed? Uh, that would be nice because uh, Fee actually you watched have- it. Uh, they actually washed it a little bit warmer than it should have been, and it's now a little snug fit. And we play in grey and red and white, grey and white stripes. But um. <laughs> I mean, you know, not that we'd ever utilise our position to, you know, for personal no, game. We we don't have a position on the Stacey West blog, but I do work voluntarily for the club on Match Day Live, so it would be. I'm hoping that I might be able to get the shirt signed for that. <laughs> um, so with my money, I, I, do you know what I've, I? It's hard. I'm thinking of attending the open training session at the LNER Stadium. I'm thinking of going to the presentation event uh, with Jez George and then using the money that I have left for two uh, raffle entries. I think that's my thought. But I'm going to hang fire because there's obviously more credit to come, I think, isn't there? Yeah, so it's um, the credit at the moment is uh, only until the end of March. Um, I saw a couple of people asking, well, why is that the case? And obviously... At the moment, there is still some, you know, dwindling hope that we might be in back in the stadium before the end of the season. Um, 
we won't be. Uh, you know, this discredit will be applied until the end of the year or until the end of the season, um, in my opinion. So that that'll be added on a match by match basis. So that's going to be. Um, I think you said you know probably going to be looking at an extra maybe twenty quid, twenty five, thirty quid, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, if we, if it's up to the end of March, uh, and so in April we've got one, two, three, it'd be another four home games. So if if ninety divided by twenty was you know just around the five, so yeah, another twenty quid on top, maybe. I, I would imagine it will come out somewhere around one hundred and ten quid, mm. something like that, um, in the end, which is which is great because if I do the maths, uh, just George forty quid. Attend an open training session at the LER, uh, whatever stadium, 15 quid. So that's 55. So two raffle entries takes me to 105. Uh, and then I can get a whopping £5 off my season ticket next year. So, <laughs> so there we go. I oh, mean... but, but I'll obviously win the raffle. Um, and it's ironic because I, I would actually, I, I would genuinely rather win the ultimate fan pack than I would the hospitality box. And I think the hospitality box is a phenomenal prize. But 90 percent of the people that win that hand it back to the club to sell. 90 mm. percent of the people do that. They'll go uh, or they'll they'll you know, they'll raffle it out or they'll invite people who do good things for the club. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I don't have nine friends uh, that I could take. <laughs> Oh, week. I'm sorry. There, there was more to that sentence. No, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I, I well, I'm, yeah, I could. Yeah, you know, with Stacey West people and all that, obviously I could fill it. But I would feel a little bit like a a bomb. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, I've won this executive box, and I am going to use it. And then you shouldn't feel like that because if you win a prize, you win a prize. But yeah, if I was to win that, I would feel a certain pressure to go here, have it back. There's my twelve grand gift to the club. Um, can you let me in when we play Newcastle? But <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate fan pack, you know, home shirts. That I would, that would be the one. That's that's the big prize for me, to mm. be honest. Or a five-year season ticket. I'm a five-year season ticket. Like, imagine in five bad. years we could be in the Premier League. That could that that a five-year season ticket is worth what? Let's say because um, it's general admission, so it's four hundred quid, give or take, isn't it? A couple yeah, of quid. Yeah, it's about two grand. So you're talking a two grand prize. Mm. I wonder yeah. what a one one on one exclusive experience at the Sopa uh, Elite Performance Centre is. It's a little bit non-committal, isn't it? Is Just it like Michael you, Appleton shouting at you to run? <laughs> <my treadmill. laughs> I was going to say that. You basically turn up there, and you, your one on one exclusive experience is all the players get to walk past you and call you a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> Completely exclusive. Do you know what I mean? They walk past you, or, or it's like a roasting. Each of the players walk past you and they look at you and go, your beard looks ridiculous, fat man, to me, and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's exclusive. That would be brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Opportunity I mean... to be a chairman for the day. I'll tell you something, if I was Clive for the day, I don't think I'd go to the game. I think I'd go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or just draft, draft up a contract, you know. 50 yeah. grand a year, Ben Ward to be IT dude. There you go. Off it goes. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's what IT dudes get, isn't it? Hmm. Not quite. <laughs> yeah, be, you can be Clive for the day. Brilliant. I'll be on, I'll be on the jet. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> South Africa, mate. <laughs> Let us know how the game goes. 
I mean, if it's only for a day, you're probably going to have about two hours before you got to fly back. So. Well, there's three available, so I'd just tap up the other two winners and try and have them like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> Clive turns up, and I'm, I'm sat there in his kitchen, drinking his beers from his fridge, watching his big screen TV. You're right, Clive. It's all right, mate. I've got 48 hours left yet. <laughs> yeah, crack a bar, put a barbecue on. It's cracking weather out there. I'll be in the pool in half hour. You got any shorts? I didn't bring mine. <laughs> You've thought about this way too much, mate. You really Do you know what? I genuinely haven't. I'd missed it on the first read round down. I've just seen it now. <laughs> it's like, ooh, yeah. Signed but match ball, 25 available. Excellent. The receiver squad number one's interesting, isn't it? That. Do you know what? I'm actually surprised they didn't have be part of the um, squad photo. Mm. And I know that that's a little bit of a taboo because I think that was one of the, uh, one of the situations that revealed... Um, the criminality wasn't it uh yes because i know i uh, they didn't even have a list of who was meant to be on it when i went it was it was very very up in the air um but i really enjoyed that that was a great day i think i paid 50 quid and got my picture taken with the uh it wasn't the title winning team was it it was the year before before um, but yeah i'd quite like a squad number i wonder if you do you have to buy your own shirt <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Or you know, if you if if you ruin your shirt, you get another one. Yeah, it's interesting. I've got blood on my shirt. So then, like Greg Doherty did on on Tuesday, you get one without a number on for half an hour. Because uh, I could give myself a squad number. I mean, it wouldn't be official, but I'd just be like, you know, we haven't got like I don't know, sixty nine. So it'd be like, I was going to say, every everybody that chooses a squad number, anybody that wins that that prize, they will all choose sixty nine. I wouldn't choose sixty nine. I said 69. I know what I just said, but like Alan Partridge, I'm going to surprise you here. I wouldn't choose 69. <laughs> I like wine. Yeah, I like wine. It's not my cheese, your mother. Um, no, I'd probably choose uh, 88. Okay. For the GM Box Tour Conference winning side, or 76, one of the two. 76 or 88. Fair enough. And a character of yourself and five others by Imp Tunes, great, great prize, because I already have one as well. Um, I have a mm. caricature of me and Fee, and he even drew, we've we've got ours. I mean, he's, he's drawn me probably nearly as much as he's drawn the Big Apple, to be honest. That's Chris, <laughs> and I love yeah. it. I've got, uh, I've got mine of the, uh, the, the, the live podcast one. Did you have it printed off at all? Yeah, yeah, I've got it framed downstairs. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. I really should do. Yeah, Chris did it and uh, got it signed for me as well. Did he? He, he he's, Chris signed it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh no, I've I've oh, driven a wedge now. No, you haven't. No. <laughs> Just like that, yeah. Oh man. I mean, he's he's hand drawn me a, a, a bespoke one uh, two Christmases in a row, so I can't really complain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he sends me all his updates and stuff like that. He's an absolute solid gold bloke. So maybe it wouldn't hurt me to get off my fat ginger ass and order one for myself, would it? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, we're still ordering all of the uh, the individual cards as well at the minute. Uh, yeah, I, I get those, um, the legend ones and everything. And I put them all at the minute in an envelope because uh, mm. I think I might get them framed, but I'm going to have to build more walls uh, if I want more <laughs> stuff framed. <laughs> That's the thing that you know when 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 you get them all they're going to be bloody huge. So are we, where are we going to frame them? So well, I've got the he did the squad one, didn't he? I got the squad one. Yes, yeah, squad we did as well. Fifty or whatever, I got that. I think I got number two, 
because I think he was going to give me number one and then uh, like Michael Appleton ordered one or he had to give one to the boss or something. So I think I got number two of 50. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Yeah, but uh, Right, we are rambling, but it is rambling about Lincoln City at this point rather than uh, rambling about anything else. But Scooter. Yes, no, no, don't. Did that. you not hear the whole city? I, they they uh, were obviously playing a montage or something at the beginning of the game. Mm. And I just expected somebody in like a, a, a fake voice to suddenly come in and go, you know, I got the money, I got the place. I'm stomping all over the world. Boom, boom, boom. Scooter, move your ass. <laughs> oh, man, I'm so glad that I never got into that scene. Because I know, it, the scooter isn't a scene. No, I mean that whole, you know, that that a hardcore uh, rave. Yes, the, the oh, dance. I was into hardcore rave. <laughs> only for only for about I don't know six months while I needed it to impress a girl, and then when I got bored, um, I went back to proper music. But I went to the pleasure dome, you know, once. Mm. All nighter, twelve rooms. Fair yeah. enough. God, no, so, it's not fair enough at all, to be honest. <laughs> I was up for three days afterwards. We went on a New Year's Eve and we came back at about 11 o'clock New Year's Day and literally just people who people know what I mean. We just sat there uh, for about 10 hours. um, Lots of coffee. Smoking fags and drinking water (laughs) until we could get to sleep. That must have been a lot of coffee that you had that weekend. Yeah, it was an awful lot of coffee. I I, I hate coffee. (laughs) That was 20 years ago, though, 20, 21 years ago now. So. Deary me. Right. Well, we're coming up on an hour, so I think that's probably a, a decent spot to, to wrap up for the it's week. Not, not bad as well, because we were going to finish on 40 minutes and basically just talked utter we just guff. padded it for 15. Yeah. There's, there's padding for you. More padding than poacher's suit. Hey. There's the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else that we need to talk about before we disappear? Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.